LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is where J.D. Greer says, Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer, where J.D. says, ask me anything. And J.D., I've got a question this week for you uh, that before you answer, um, a lot of people talk about the Sabbath, meaning the day mm-hmm. of rest. I can remember um, one time going fishing on a Sunday mm. and someone said to me, you know, Todd, uh, how could you do that? You're supposed to rest on the Sabbath. <laughs> and I remember I said, well, what did you do? And he said, well, I sat and watched NASCAR all day. But I remember thinking to myself, what is more honoring on the Sabbath? How should I think through the Sabbath? Right. Somehow, the fishing doesn't feel worse to me than right. NASCAR. Or, um, so or here's my favorite movie, Chariots of Fire. Yep. You know, one of my favorite movies has got the whole premise is he won't run on the Sabbath. And, you know, and, and that's that's his stand, his conviction. Right. So here's the question. All right. How should Christians think about the Sabbath? Well, um, yeah, great question. Um, I mean, you know, our church is a church that practices, we observe the Lord's Day, uh, meaning that Sunday is the day of the week that we set aside to gather corporately and in, in, in worship. We believe that a regular corporate gathering on the Lord's Day is, is uh, we would say, an essential and non-negotiable element in in the life of a disciple. We certainly see that in the in the New Testament. We see that um, that you see the Lord's Day referred to a number of times. It appears that they're doing it um, on the first day of the week, and that was the day that they gathered. It seems to have picked up on this principle from the Old Testament of having a day set aside, uh, you know, to gather for uh, for uh, just to you know, to dedicate that to God, and that's how Christians um, express that and experience that. I mean, Hebrews ten twenty four tells us to not forsake the assembling of our ourselves together, and and based on everything we know, the best application of that is to do that, you know, together on a Sunday. Um, that said, we don't think that believers are still under the Old Testament law, which means that they are released from a, a lot of the particulars of the Sabbath observance. I mean, right. there was a whole set of laws that went with that, and obviously it was on the seventh day, which would have be, you know, a Saturday and not on the first day. So Christians have felt freedom to say, hey, there's a principle here that we want to honor, but we feel freedom to apply it in this way, which includes changing the day and also includes, you know, thinking differently about we're not necessarily under every stricture that that people were in the Old Testament about about how we honor that day. So when you say we're not under, no longer under it, you don't mean like take it or leave it. No, 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 don't mean that because because just from creation, it appears that God set a pattern of work and rest, six days of work and one day of rest. Um, that's a principle that didn't start with the law and didn't end when Jesus fulfilled the law. But it does mean that when Jesus died and he brought uh, a completion to the law, he released us from a lot of the the legal and the ceremonial. It released us from all the legal and the ceremonial implications that went along with the Sabbath. That's why Christians have felt the freedom to say, "Well, let's you know, let's do that on a, a, on another day." You know, here's another way I, I've seen uh, a little freedom in it. Um, so, uh, in you know, in Old Testament Israel, everybody stopped working on the Sabbath day, and so that was the day that you didn't do your job, and people didn't expect your job to be open. Um, well, now you've got, uh, you know, for in our culture, it's Sunday. Everybody does that. But in certain missionary contexts, Friday is the day that everybody stops working. So Christians in those places are forced with, you know, with a little bit of a dilemma when, you know, if they're new converts, they're like, okay, Friday's the day that, that nobody works. 
Sunday's the day I want to celebrate the resurrection. So I've either got to worship on a day, Sunday, where I have to work, or I have to worship on a Friday when I can rest and worship, but that's not the day that historically the church has done that. So what's the right answer there? Well, this is where I you know, go back to what Colossians says. Well, one, you know, one person thinks of the day this way, another person thinks it this way, and um, let each be settled in his own conscience. I think what's important is that you honor the principle, the principle of, man, God gets one day a week for you to, to cease from your labor and, and, and one, you know, one special time a week for you to gather with God's people and, and honor God. How exactly you do that, I think there is some freedom in that. And I, it, by the way, this is not J.D. making all this up. I mean, there's um, you know, guys like D.A. Carson and uh, uh, Tom Schreiner. You know, they're going to apply similar principles other to how we interpret you know, other theologians, how we interpret the Sabbath. So, J.D., I want to know what ways Christians can practice out these Sabbath principles. But before you answer... One of our sponsors who makes this podcast happen, um, they have uh, some exciting news for us. And so I want you to answer that question in just a second. But before you do, let me tell you about Here and Now, Thriving in the Kingdom of Heaven Today. This is a new book by Robbie Gallatin. What if you could experience heaven on earth today? Not flying around and, and angels singing on clouds, but the fulfilled, abundant life that Jesus promised in the Bible. A life that, regardless of your circumstances or your present context, you experience joy, happiness, and peace that is difficult to encapsulate in human terms. What if heaven was available to us today? Pastor and author Robbie Gallaty thinks it is. His new book, Here and Now, Thriving in the Kingdom of Heaven Today, is available now. Now, J.D., what are ways that Christians can live out these Sabbath principles? Yeah, okay, so uh, Sabbath principle. Um Minimum, you know, one day a week that we take for rest. I, I say rest, renewal, and relationships. Uh, one day for me to rest, cease from my labors. By the way, I realize that um, there's always a lot more to get done than I, you know, and so I could always justify in, in one sense working on that day. But I, I, God gives Israel that 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 kind of principle, and He gave it to them in creation because He wanted them not to feel like they were the ones that bore the weight of supplying all of their needs. So he intentionally told them, do less than you can, cut your productivity by one-seventh so that I can, can multiply your work on the other six days so that you know, you'll have enough. And when it happens, you'll say, it's not because I did everything I could, it's because I trusted God. So one day for rest, in Deuteronomy, when he tells them to take the Sabbath, he uh, tells them to, to reflect on the fact that God had delivered them from slavery. And so man, they're just rejoicing in their salvation on that day, and that's renewing them. Relationships, obviously, first with God and with others. So I think that's you know one of the ways to apply it. Um, all right, so here's a second way that you can apply the Sabbath principle. And, and sometimes this one catches people off guard, mm-hmm. but tithing <laughs> or giving God from your first fruits. It's the same principle, Sabbath principle at work. Just like I cut my productivity by one-seventh and trusted God to multiply the other six days so that it, you know, it would be sufficient, when I am giving God of the first fruits, the first tenth, the first tenth, I, I'm not doing it because, man, I got 10% left over my budget and I can't you know, figure out what to do with it. Um, what I'm doing is saying, God, I'm ultimately trusting you to meet my needs financially. And so I'm going to give away money that I might think that I need and let you multiply the other 90%. And that's certainly been the testimony of Christians down throughout history is they have honored God with their first fruits, whether, you know, whether it's 10% or whether it's some other number, when they honor God that way, then God multiplies it. And it's that same Sabbath principle at work. You go back and read Deuteronomy and you'll see God telling Israel, 
I don't want you to do everything you can. Um, and because then when you get, if you do everything you can, then when you get to the end, you'll say, look at what I did. I want you to do less and create space for me to work. And that means doing less than you can so that you give me room in that margin to, to multiply. Um, here's another one that catches people off guard. I, I, and I think this is the Sabbath principle at work. When you go to sleep, hmm. the sleep is like a daily Sabbath where you lie down horizontally and remind yourself that you're not God. Um, when you sleep, you're kind of saying, okay, God, there's so much more to be done. I, well, I love Psalm 127. And um, it's one of my favorite Psalms where where the, uh, the psalmist says, you know, unless the Lord builds a house, those who labor, labor in vain. Then the psalmist goes out to point out a number of, of challenges to sleeping. Uh, he says, you know, the, the watchman's got to get up early to make sure the city's guarded, and, and uh, the, the farmer's got to stay out late at night trying to get all the harvest. And, and then Psalm 127.3, but he gives to his beloved sleep. Well, if, 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 if the beloved are sleeping, then who's guarding the city and who's harvesting the crops? And God's answer is, I am. I want you to daily remind yourself that ultimately it's not on you. You get up and you're supposed to work hard, um, and you're you know you working is the means by which I'll uh, you know bless you and take care of you. But I never want you to 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 bear on your soul the weight of supplying your needs, raising your children, or accomplishing your task. Ultimately, um, I'm like the hand in the glove. God is the hand in the glove, and I'm using you to do that, but I'm not depending on you to do that. And so sleep is a, is a, is a, is a way of taking a Sabbath principle uh, and putting it into practice. I'm not sleeping because there's nothing left to do. I'm sleeping because God has promised to hold the city, and he's told me that I need to get plenty of sleep and rest, and so I'm going to rest and just trust that God's doing what he said he would do in Psalm 127. Um, you know, other places you can apply this. I, I think when you really start thinking about Sabbath principle, you can start to apply it in different places. I have little daily Sabbaths that I try to institute of just times I stop working. A siesta. That's not a bad one. Um, that'd be a good thing to do right after this, huh? Um, I know a pastor who asked his assistant to build a five-minute space between each one of his meetings for him to pray. Um, so that meant just he, would, he was able to offload some of the burdens that he was bearing after the, you know, after what he'd just gone through. Um, time just to let your mind rest. I've always loved uh, uh, Winston Churchill, you know, in, the, in, the, in the, the worst days of World War II when things were darkest for England. He always took a couple hours in the middle of the afternoon to go downstairs in his basement and paint. You think all the stuff that he did it because he knew his mind needed to recharge. It was wow. like this, this daily kind of Sabbath. Or, you know, nap. Uh, you mentioned siesta a minute ago. Um, you know, doctors say, I read this study that said that doctors say that a 30-minute nap three times a week cuts your heart attack risk by 40%. Wow. Um, and, you know, there's the same study showed that people who nap regularly are, are usually more productive throughout the day. That's just that principle of stopping Sabbath resting. Last one I'll mention real quick, um, yearly vacation, just where you're able to say, man, I got a lot to do, but it's just important for me to take time for family and for, you know, to focus a little bit on my spiritual relationship and to recharge, you end up being a lot more productive throughout the rest of the year. I realize not everybody's got, you know, the means to be able to go down to Disney World or, you know, go to Hawaii or anything like that. But it, we're not necessarily talking about some expensive vacation, but just time where you stop doing what you typically do so that you can focus on rest, renewal, and relationships. Wait, wait, naps, vacations, um, rest, these are the best sermon points I've ever heard you say. I, uh, I've never seen you take notes on a sermon, Todd, yeah, I, and I, I, you've got your pen and pad out. And I'm going to put this into practice. Um, <laughs> Go be godly right away. and take a nap. Um, so to sum up, really, is how Christians should respond to the Sabbath. Sounds like trust. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's the principle. The Sabbath principle is designed for us to trust God and make space for Him to supply for us. It's most basically applied in one day a week that you cease trying to provide for yourself, and one day you focus really on God and um, 
those relationships. Then you've got other places you can apply it to your money, you can apply it to your yearly rhythms, and you just say, hey, the burden's not on me. Even when I, when I lay down to sleep at night, it's not on me to raise my children. It's not on me to take care of this church. It's not on me to provide financially. God is doing it. And I worked hard doing all those things in the day, but at the end of the day, it's I'm resting in, in him, and he's going to do what I am insufficient to do, and I, I'm just going to be his instrument day by day, but the, the responsibility belongs to him. There you have it, how J.D. answers the question, how Christians will respond to the Sabbath. Part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Uh, we are part of a great network of podcasts, um, just like the EST Podcast, which um, this is a podcast co-hosted by Sam Rayner, Micah Freeze, and Josh King. And uh, these guys recently talked about serving in a post-Christian context, serving in an area, leading teams, leading ministries in a post-Christian context. Just look them up. Just type in the letters EST in your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. That's the EST um, podcast from the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. I'm Todd Unzicker. This is Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer. We'll see you next time on the podcast.